0: Join us as we venture beyond the pen and celebrate the power of the written word. Hello, all you beautiful people, all you great book lovers out there. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here to discuss with you All the things that you love, book. And of course, I have with me the great, lovable, and powerful, powerful C.R. Rice, aka. That's
1: a new one. I'll take it. I like
0: it. Well, we're trying to build you up, remember? We're trying to get that diplomatic immunity and everything. I
1: feel like everybody power rules the world.
0: Of course, power always, especially if you know with stuff, know people. We already know you know everybody in the government. Knowledge is
1: power legitimately the it's insane. If you know the right thing about somebody, this is gonna sound really bad. If you know the right thing about somebody, you can get away with anything. Not that I know the right thing about people. I'm just saying, like, you know how they always do the I didn't, I just started watching Lord of the Rings or not Lord of the Rings, uh Game of Thrones. Like I've waited all of this time and I just started watching it. I'm like, Taryn, you know what you're
0: doing. It's true.
1: I don't know how it ends. Don't tell me.
0: I don't even know how it begins. I haven't watched it. I don't have HBO.
1: I'm super upset about Rob Stark. Like it is this is so old news. Like everybody has already done this and it's the fad is over. But like Rob Stark really that man was perfect. He just wanted to make people better. It's fine. Anyways, so mysteries. Cozy mysteries.
0: (laughs) Yes, cozy mysteries. Are they worth it? is it gone too far or not because again there're lots out there we we know when we look up our favorite genres there's too many of them out there you know me and me and uh, yeah me and chelsea were talking about this earlier it's it's funny when you look at all these genres how far all these subgenres even have their own subgenres And it's really disturbing because, in a way, it's flooding the industry with so many books. But the problem is every single author that's doing this, and again, it's just our opinions based off of statistics and actual proof out there, okay? Truth.
1: And as an author, i got to say, it gets rough. You don't know what to put your books under. And then if you go too specific, like nobody's going to find your stuff. But if you go too broad, then you're in with like a 5 billion books. And then you just get lost in the shuffle. And it's so frustrating. But then as a reader, the way that it goes and breaks down so far, it's insanity. I think we need to stop. Like whatever, I get the few of the small things like, you know, YA romance. Like if you want to do the young adult version of stuff you know where it's more kitty, or it's supposed to be and then you have like the new adult and then regular I'm like okay I get those distinctions sometimes you want to read a scary book but like you don't want to read like saw scary you know what I mean or you want a, a Baxter Brothers mystery but you don't want the crazy angels and demons mystery which was blatantly obvious and it was perfectly fine
0: you don't want Angel again, okay? We we already had that. We already had Buffy. We we don't need all these extras based off of that.
1: Yes, yes. I think it's too far. When we go too far, you can't. It's like YouTube at this point. Like you know how you end up watching one thing, and the next thing you know, you're on like snake bite videos, and you don't know how you got there. You just know you've been sitting at the computer for four hours. Like, that's how it is going through, and you break everything down, and you're just like, holy crap, how did I get to new age, philosophical, epic fantasy dungeon stuff? And, like, there'll be three books in that genre. You don't know why it's a genre, but, like, it is. And at some point, we got to stop. It's it's too much. You're not going to get your book found. Like, are you going to go that, down that rabbit hole, Mac? Like, are you looking for a new age, philosophical, I don't even remember what genres I said. But you can. I think I was like six genres in on that one, right? That I, I think, good. yeah. I can, yeah,
0: you went about six. I, I,
1: I That one was solid.
0: It was. It was. Um, especially the dungeon part. Um,
1: very upset about Lord of the Game of Thrones. Just too much.
0: You'll be okay, I promise <laughs> you. I promise.
1: This is going to be a new thing. This is what it's going to be every every week. I'm just going to come back with a new thing that I'm upset about. And then everybody's going to be like, this has been over for like, I don't know, five years at this point. I'm like, no, I'm new. I'm allowed to be mad.
0: Chelsea's version of what grinds my gears.
1: Yes. Yes. That's what I'm going to do. Like, listen, George R. R. Martin. Listen, let's have a chat. Who hurts you? Because that is the only thing. Like who hurts you to the point. It's fine. It's fine. We'll deal with these things another time. (sighs) wistful sigh better a little bit actually i feel like that really helped like sometimes you really just gotta you just gotta get it all out and you know my husband's already watched this so he's just like i'm like oh my god i love him and he's like yeah honey that's a safe bet and i'm like okay and then an episode later he dies and i'm like this is lies like this is what divorce was made for like this this is exactly why these things happen. Because you're lying. But yeah, I feel so much better. Tonight's episode gonna go so much better.
0: <laughs> oh my lord.
1: Yes, yeah, so genres, right? That's one tangent. I'm gonna start keeping track.
0: Oh yeah, please, please, yes. So It'll it'll help me on on my editing so much on this one if you have (laughs) you can control like the times and everything, Um, but yeah no. Back to what we were saying about yeah genres. There are so many genres out there. You know, obviously Mm -hmm. you got your top seven, you got your major seven genres, but when you're breaking everything down, they can get extremely what's the word I want to say? They can get, specific, yeah, extremely specific, but they can also be very blendable in terms of what they are. Mm-hmm. And so you start to lose the, the special, the, what makes them so unique, the uniqueness of them all. So when we look at, for instance, crime fiction, because our next guest uh, this week is Miss Wendy uh, Sand Eckle, and she wrote a book called Murder at Barclay Meadow. And hers, as you saw in the uh, clip that I sent out already, is that hers is considered a edgy version of Cozy Murder Mysteries. Which in a way makes sense but it also doesn't make sense. Yes.
1: I have a question. Answer. Um so cozy, the definition of cozy is kind of like a feel good romance, right? Mm-hmm. Like you're kind of going, feel good, nothing too crazy, but you kinda of get excited. Um if you add edgy to the the title, aren't you just a typical mystery? Like you can't double name something. This is what drives me crazy. You can't do that. Like you can't have edgy cozy. That doesn't even make sense because cozy has no edge. It's like a circle. There's there's no reason for it. But then you I I have a question. Is it because these are getting so specific because people no offense everybody are getting lazy? So like you go in and it's like, and like, you go into Amazon you're like, I want coffee shop romance. Swear to God, there is one that is coffee shop romance. There's also the small town romance. You have the close proximity, the age, like there's all of these different things. Is it because people don't feel that they want instant satisfaction, right? They don't want to have search through books anymore. They want to go, they don't want to have to go to the mystery section and read the back of everything before they're like, oh, okay, this one seems like it'll be fun. Or they don't want to have to go through that first chapter. They just want that this is exactly the category, my cozy, edgy mystery, and this is what it is. Instead of being the adventurer in like the bookstore. What do you think?
0: I think you're right on that because... When we're looking at this stuff, it is there's no, there really isn't any adventure anymore with going in and taking a, an hour or so to find that perfect book based off of what you like. And when when we're looking at it, like for instance, uh, I'm I'm looking it up now because why not? You know, while we're doing this, uh. When you Google genres of crime fiction. Okay. And, and again, this is just a small tidbit of it's not saying that they're all, this is all of them, but right. it brings up altogether 24 sub genres. Okay. And I will give you, I will give you an example of what she means by when I say they were blending. Like, for instance, there is a subgenre called detective fiction. Okay. But there's also another subgenre called hard boiled. Now, to me, those are the exact same things.
1: Hard boiled, like hard boiled egg? Like
0: hard boiled, yeah. Well, they're.
1: How would you know what that is?
0: Well, hard boiled is, an, is another version of noir. Hard boiled detectives are noir fiction. So crime fiction that deals with a darker tone, plenty of. This
1: is why I'm such a bad author. I just write and know things like. I'm literally working on a detective series right now. That is very much twenties noir. And I know nothing about any of this stuff. And I think that helps not knowing these 97 different things. I feel like if you write like cozy edgy. You're locked in. Right. Absolutely. Like. That's what you are. Yeah,
0: exactly. Because that's what you—that's what you're writing. You're giving yourself something. So again, so a hard-boiled or noir fiction is a dark tone, plenty of gritty brutality, and tough guy protagonist. Most definitely not mm-hmm. cozy. Uh, and I I'm reading that exactly how it is. It says most definitely not cozy. But when you look at detective fiction, it is a, jo- a subgenre of crime fiction and mystery fiction in which an investigator or a detective, whether professional, amateur, or retired, investigate a crime, often a murder. So, and here's the other one: It says uh, noir or hardball detective fiction is that is a genre that reached its heights in popularity in the early mid twentieth century. Okay, because of the fact that they were all over the place. My favorite ones were. You know, for the detective ones were uh, the lineup was a big one. Um, your FBI, or this is your FBI, excuse me. Um, you had Broadway's My Beat. Those are detective ones. Your hard-boiled detective ones were more like Sam Spade, uh, Richard Diamond, Rogue's Gallery. Those are just a few examples of, of shows that had those genres, specifically.
1: I don't, I'm like looking, thinking over all of the books, I've I've obviously read mysteries. I don't think I've ever actually read like a detective mystery before. Like, How did that possibly slip through? I read hundreds of books a year.
0: Probably because that's not your thing. You probably just never thought of, hey, let me go... Listen to this or read something with this. Uh a famous I
1: shows that. Yeah. Dragnet. So why do
0: you read them? See, now
1: I'm having an existential crisis
0: <laughs> This is what's happening. Oh my gosh, yeah. Okay. So <laughs> if we're gonna be doing that then, I would say uh definitely start with um Dashell Hamming. I think it's Dashell. I think it's Hamming. Uh, we looking look it up while I'm talking. Dashal, uh Dashal Hammett, excuse me, H A M M E T T. Okay, he wrote a ton of detective ones. Uh,
1: Perfect for everybody else that's listening and hasn't taken an adventure into the detective reading. Mm-hmm. We can all
0: read the same thing. There you go. Now, note. You have to note something while you're doing this, okay? You have to understand the language is from the 20s and early 30s. So it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of things in there you're probably not going to understand or you're (laughs) not going to connect with. So, like, for instance, with the Maltese Falcon. Maltese Falcon has a detective by the name of uh, Sam Spade, Okay. Okay. When you're looking at, there's a lot of uh, slang in there that was specific to that era. And there's a lot of characteristics of that set. Uh, Moxie is a big one. Obviously for some of us who are a little bit older, we know what the word moxie means. Um, But for those who don't know what moxie means, it's just another word for spicy. Um, would be the closest thing that I could say.
1: I mean, those are always super fun. I love using the old words. Mm -hmm. Like I was saying, I was staying snazzy in like high school and stuff. And people are like, what does that even mean? I'm like, get a dictionary. There you go. Like bringing some of those things back is so much fun. We were, I forget what show we were watching, but we were watching something and uh, it was on BBC America Mm -hmm. or BBC whatever. And the insults, we're so elegant, oh, yeah. And I'm just like, you know what? I love it. I love watching and hearing things from different times, and it's just the insults. It's literally just the insults. Like I want to see how you burn somebody to their face in the most elegant, amazing way, because then I'm gonna take it and I'm gonna do the same thing. And people are gonna think I'm complimenting them. And that is like the dream.
0: It's true, because if you listen to a lot of the, uh, one of the things I love to do is listen to old-time radio. So I listen to all of these great shows. And a lot of times when they're sending shade your way, you can't tell whether or not it is or not. Um, But there are times where it is.
1: Did Did they just, Yeah. was that an insult? And you literally sit there and you have, you contemplate.
0: Yeah. And, and don't trust me. There are many times where you could definitely say that was shade, but it was so LA- <laughs> elegantly like done that it makes sense. I can't even be mad. I know exactly. It's like, I know it's the truth, but damn, you did so well at just burning me on that one. Yeah. But again, like go back, find, there's plenty of apps out there. There's an OTR app. It's literally called OTR. Okay. And okay. the great thing about it is the fact that it has not just crime fiction, obviously, or uh, true or um, detectives, or they have everything: westerns, they have comedies, they have uh, sci-fi. You know, sp- Planet X—it's one of the ones for sci-fi. Very interesting the way they did it too. Okay, um, they've got all kinds of different genres on it. But when you look at those genres, they are specific to those genres. Okay. There's not 15, 20 different ones. No, they are specific to those actual genres. Uh, For instance, one of them that I thought was interesting that I listened to yesterday was called Mr. and Mrs. North. Okay. It's a mystery. It's a mystery show. Okay. But. There was so much humor, so much sarcasm involved in it that at first when I started listening to it, it was like, we're at like 10, 15 minutes in and it still sounds like a comedy. What's going on with this? But as you go on, it, there is starting to build in that mystery. But they do it in a humorous yes. way. And I think that's something that, especially when you look at some of the older stuff, too you're gonna you're gonna hear all this stuff that you know if we were living back then, me and you would be fine you know obviously we can we have thick skin. we don't really care what other people think about us.
1: I was gonna say I would get in so much trouble all the time. oh yeah
0: yeah you you would be considered moxie. she has some moxie on her, doesn't she so
1: but it's also one of those times where I'm always like, oh my gosh, like I would I would want to live in a different time. I'm like, yep, yeah, I could totally go back then do whatever and then I'm like, no, like I'd get stoned. Oh, that would have been a perfect spit take. It,
0: it was. It was. It would have been a perfect spit take, but I wouldn't <laughs> have had a computer anymore if I did.
1: It's so hard. Like when you go through, like in theory, of course, it would be a blast to live in a different time period for about twenty-four hours. Then, when I have no running, like I try not to think of myself as being too crazy. I like camping. I like doing things like that. If I know that's what I'm getting into. I got this. I can do it. If I wake up tomorrow and I am in like a 1918 hundred something like I'm going to die. I will last all of 48 hours. If that I'm going to say something to the wrong person I'm going to. And we were crazy. There is a place in Georgia. It's called Helen, Georgia. They literally have a torture museum. Humans are messed up. I would probably end up in one of those. And no, thank you. Absolutely not. I will stay right here in my air conditioned house and just read about mysteries instead of being one of those people that stumbles into a fairy circle and all of a sudden I'm in freaking 1400s. No.
0: Yeah, no. Um, as much as I love, you know, the era between the twenties and the fifties, it was not the best for me. Not a
1: great time for you. No,
0: not a great time for me. No, I would definitely, especially if I was in the South. Oh yeah. No, I would not survive one
1: no, you got to stay up north. You got to
0: just <laughs> even in the north, even in, and I, you would think in the north you'd be fine too. No, oh no, I'm not saying you
1: would be fine. I'm just saying you would be
0: better off. It's true, but here's the thing: I live in Indiana. Okay, I I was born in in a small city called Terre Haute, Indiana. Okay, it's been around for a long time. It's been around since the 1800s, late 80, 1800s. I went on a kick be, after uh, the Green Book. You know what the Green Book is? I do not. Okay, the Green Book was a travel book for Black people back in the 20s and 30s, 40s, and 50s to tell you where you could stop.
1: Where you can go. Okay. Okay.
0: And specifically, it came out of New York, but people in the South used it all the time. I went through one of the old ones through the New York Public Library's digital uh, category. It was from 1931, okay? And when I was going through it, I saw – they have it – every state is in there for people who present it to them. And they had Indiana in there in 1931, 1934, something like that. It had Terre Haute in there, and there was one place that Black people could actually go to to stay the night. One.
1: It's society is insane. Like it's the evolution is great. And I think that's what I love reading like historical based books, like kind of like an alternative history and stuff like that. I think it's super fun. And when they drop in things like that, I always stop. And especially if you do a mystery or something like that, Mm -hmm. and you use like a name, if you do it right, people are going to stop and you're going to like educate people as they're reading your books about stuff that like maybe you know that seems useless. Mm -hmm. Somebody's gonna find super fascinating. So I think it's important for everybody to drop those things in. But like as a society, I get it. We're past a portion. A portion. Let's say, Mm -hmm. respectively. We're past a portion of that stuff now. Why do we care about other people's lives? Do you know how hard it is for me to run a day of my life? Do you think I have time to consider 9 billion other people? That just doesn't make sense. How are you supposed to live a happy life if you are so concerned about your neighbor?
0: It's true. It really is. And here's here's one of those things that getting back into what we were talking about before when it comes to specific rules of uh creating mystery Novels, i.e. Cozies. Why they're called Cozies, I don't know, but that's the nickname that was...
1: I do. I asked. I looked it up, guys. You ready for this nonsense? Okay. The point of a cozy novel, whether it is historical fiction, romance, mystery, thriller, because the idea is you're supposed to stay in on those nights, sit by the fireplace, get cozy, and just enjoy. That's it. That's the epicness. I don't know who the first person was that did like the cozy kind of thing, but yeah, that is why it's called. All right, Mac, who is it?
0: Agatha Christie.
1: Oh, I fucking. Hate it.
0: <laughs> Agatha Christie was the, the first. That
1: works. That makes sense. Yeah.
0: Her first one with Hercule Poirot was the original Agatha Christie that was she's the mother of all cozies between it's her fault fault. yeah it's all her fault yeah (laughs) um between that and with the abc murders and um all these other little ones that she created with uh oh my gosh what was her character's name mrs something i can't remember the name you guys can Tweet us that name or any of the other stuff too, because, or Chelsea's gonna look it up for me and (laughs) tell me what it is. Um, But these are things that you have to understand. You know, like she said,
1: Miss Marple. What was it? Wasn't it Miss Marple?
0: Miss Marple, that's right. So, one of the main, main, I can't speak. One of the basic rules of a cozy by definition. Is a cozy typically features amateur sleuths, small communities, and a lack of explicit violence or gore. Basically, all the bad stuff go is a, at a minimum, or it's off stage completely.
1: So it's the anti-cr
0: world, right? It's the anti. It's the anti true crime, specifically
1: anti me
0: anti-you that's right (laughs) anti-you because we know how
1: everybody needs a mega person you know what i mean like a mega genre
0: well again when we look at all again just the 24 that google brings up mystery detective fiction historical fiction locked locked room mystery historical mystery romantic suspense noir fiction crime fiction uh thriller cozy mystery Legal thriller, suspense, true crime, amateur sleuth, caper story, mystery film, medical thriller, forensic science, who done it, espionage, western fiction.
1: Is it all detectives who done it? It's fine.
0: Psychological thriller, hard boiled, and police procedural. Those are just the 24 out of the hundred that are probably we haven't even looked at.
1: It gets insane. Yeah. Because then you could do, so one of the biggest things at, at, you know, as authors and those that are listening or those that are getting into it, just so you're aware, fun little tidbit, when you post your book and you are going in and you're like, yay, I published, ah, um, you have to decipher what are the best categories for you. And it is constantly changing, constantly because they're adding other ones. They're pinpointing it down to the exact thing. Mm -hmm. Like if there is a reader who is like, I want to read about a girl who gets kidnapped and becomes this and does whatever, there will be an exact, you know, set of books that shows up and it's very hard. And I think the more genres we're adding, the harder we're making it on getting these really great authors out there. Because like you said, it's not the big seven anymore. Like, there's ninety seven thousand different genres, and there's just it keeps growing every single day because people want to create their own genre and stop it. Okay, just stop it.
0: Okay, so where do we stop? At? Do? So where do we stop it at?
1: I think we should have stopped it like ten years ago.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I agree. Um,
1: I get so though. I get what you're saying. You know, with with the the detectives, maybe you want a police procedural detective.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm. Some of these genres make sense to me.
0: Well, that's called true crime. Like,
1: <laughs> right! Exactly! Like, why are you breaking it down from there?
0: Yeah, because again, getting too specific on the characters and on the certain rules. Like, for instance, when we were talking about uh, rules earlier, there are certain rules that ha- that are certain characteristics, I should say, that okay. cozies have to have. Okay. The typical, relatable, okay. or ordinary individual, often within an interesting profession or hobby, okay, emphasizes the role of the amateur detective and their interaction with other characters, including eccentric or quirky personalities. Okay. That's just the character rule for cozies. That's. Uh, don't look at me. Okay. Setting. We'll just look at the setting alone, okay? okay? When we're looking at cozies alone, they often take place in picturesque, idyllic locations like small towns, villages, or cozy cottages. The setting contributes to the overall atmosphere and charm of the story. And then, of course... I was going to
1: say, have you ever been to one of those like picture-pretty towns? there's one in Pennsylvania. Every time we used to drive through it, I was like, some messed up stuff happened here. <laughs> exactly. Like, there's no reason you're that nice of a town. Like, maybe you are. And maybe it's just as as readers, as you grow up and you're watching TV, it is. You're right. Like, the worst stuff always happens in these like beautiful, sweet towns that you just see everybody walking down the street together and, oh, hi, like all of that. Those are the towns that I avoid. Like the plague. Because I'm like, you guys have that dark town secret. And like, I'm not going to be the person that you kill off that once every 10 years to, like, make the apple trees blue. Like, no. Yeah. That's a supernatural episode. Have you ever seen that? Yes. Yes. Yeah.
0: Well, like... Not today. Yeah, not today. No. <laughs> well, again, when we look at all these little rules, those are just a few of the multiple rules, rules mm-hmm. out there to keep it in that specific genre. But if you change one little thing, like we said, with the... Like I said, with the picturesque um, location, the small town, the village, if you change that to an urban, then it's not cozy. Then it goes into true fiction or hard-boiled or whatever the case may be. It's not cozy anymore.
1: Maybe it's urban cozy.
0: Nope. There's no such thing as urban.
1: Not right now. But who's to say, great, I just started a phenomenon. Good job. Now we're going to have urban cozy. This is my
0: nightmare. All right. You know this what? Is, just because you said that, I'm going to look it up. so if there's an urban cozy. Oh, my
1: God. Please, no. Don't tell me there's an urban cozy. It's like three new books have just been
0: published. You know what the first thing you popped up was? Urban cozy. What was it was a cozy urban fantasy. You
1: know what, guys? I am not kidding. Urban
0: cozy slash murder mystery at Amazon. I'm not kidding you.
1: I think we've taken it too far. I think we've gone too far. I think we we should limit somehow. Like, you know, you have the seven genres, right? What's wrong with having 20 genres under it? Which sounds like a lot, but if you think of it realistically in fantasy, you have high fantasy, epic fantasy, which I still fight and say high fantasy and epic fantasy are the same thing. It's fine. It is. Like, what is the difference? Then You have magic fantasy. Magic fantasy.
0: Fantasy. Okay. I, I, I'm telling you right now, this is, you're gonna love this. I I, I would um, <laughs> if I could share my screen with you right now. I will.
1: Anytime you say that, I always hate it. I so know,
0: much. I know. So I I I looked it up and I'm on Amazon right now. Okay, there's over a thousand results for cozy urban mystery. I swear to you, and the first one that pops up was by erin johnson uh this the complete paranormal mystery series box set of pet psychic magical mysteries that's the first one well all, I, I know all I'm the name the revenge game It's
1: like i just feel it, just feel it you know
0: An urban fantasy mystery all right as there's nothing i'm not, again there's nothing against any of these authors okay they're listen, there's they're coming up with these so they can get their name out there. They're listening to the marketers. We got it. We know the game. We both know the game.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: It's just the game needs to change. Because now
1: it does. Here, here's the
0: other question. Is it necessary or is it ego?
1: Ego. Why? I think it's ego because you have these people that are starting okay so let's do this two different okay. ways there's been a creation of a genre called new adult and it it spreads across across all of it, all genres because you have people like Sarah J Moss Sarah J Moss started out as a young adult author and then literally had to create a new genre because she writes smutty stuff that 13 year old kids should not be reading So when you, I think when you create these, these new genres, some of it is for ego, because when you think new adult, you think Sarah J. Moss and you think of, of Nikki Saint Nikki St. Crow, which I actually really like her. So this is not a slight on her because I do like her, but a lot of times you're, you, if you want to write something, change the age of your characters, make them 19 instead of 18. And you don't need a new genre. It's strictly to make yourself stand out. And as an author, you have to do ridiculous things to make yourself stand out, to make your book stand out, to do all of that stuff, because nobody actually cares about the writing anymore. They care about how many videos are on, It's it called TikTok?
0: Yes, TikTok. Thing.
1: Yeah, how many videos are, are in TikTok and, and on Twitter and all of these different things. Like nobody cares about the writing anymore, because if you did, some of these books would not be popular. And I know that's terrible to say as an author,
0: but God. No, she's right. But it's it's true. It absolutely is true. Again, this is not just our opinions. This is basically the truth. This is actual truth. Like, so let me put it this way. If many of these books out there were edited and published back in the 20s and 30s, do you think they would actually sell? Or would you say that they would have, like, they got to the publisher and it would automatically into the trash?
1: I think it's kind of hard because some of it, absolutely not. But then again, 20 years ago, you couldn't get any type of steamy romance published because it was taboo. That doesn't mean all of it should be published. And that's where I kind of think self-publishing has ruined books in a way. And that's as an author who is switching from traditional published to self-published just to see what the heck it's about. But it's, there's so much that can just get thrown out there that I think the integrity of being an author and of going through that long process of writing and editing and rewriting and re-edits has been so broken down. When you have these people that can go out and you can actually go into author central on Amazon and you can create your own category. So I, that's where I think it's, that's why I think it goes more into that ego where if you sit down and you're like, okay, I can see I'm dystopian, like I'm dystopian fantasy, but let's change this and create this entire different realm dystopian. That's ego. Yeah. You're doing it to make yourself stand out. And it's like, oh, and because who doesn't want to go and be like, hey, they had to create a new, a new genre for my book. Nine times out of 10, they went onto to Amazon Central and added it themselves. But that's huge. That's a brag point. Somebody reads your stuff and they're like, oh, they created their own genre. It makes you memorable. But I feel like authors are losing their integrity and people don't give as much credit to it anymore. It's hard writing a book. So much time, so much effort, and to just, I think we've gone too far. I think creating these new categories has just, I think it's really just ruined it. It Makes it too hard to find out where you fit for people to find your books.
0: I agree. I, I definitely agree because when you look at the impact it has on the industry, there. Again, we're, we're talking thousands upon thousands upon thousands of different genres and subgenres, each genre having its own subgenre, each subgenre having their own. And like Chelsea said earlier, you know, it just there's a continuation of some type of sub to that sub until it gets to that one point where it finally stops 20 key words later. So here's my question on that bringing up keywords, do you think a lot of these subgenres are just based off of keywords on what they can?
1: Oh, absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Because I mean, even as, you know, when I, every time I submit a book, my publisher will ask me, you know, what are your keywords? What are your, your, what's your metadata, all of this stuff. And you have to go through and they find the categories to stick you in that have the most of those words. So I am dark metaphysical fantasy. So they now have a fantasy YA dark metaphysical. You have to go through all of that unless you have a title and an author. You have to sort through every single one of those things instead of just being dark fantasy. But then now dark fantasy is not dark fantasy anymore. Dark fantasy means steamy, sexy things and not the gore and face melting that I have. So I think even with, I think that's what started adding genres too, is because you have authors that go in and they're like, hey, I'm doing dark fantasy that is kind of similar, but it's dark steamy or dark romance or something like that. So it's tainted those categories. So, well, now if everybody reads it and they're like, oh, I don't want to, I'm not into the dark fantasy. It's like, okay, you have to come up with a new word for it. I think it's a never ending story.
0: Absolutely. But again, like we're saying, I honestly think it's the key words that are making this up because of the marketing. How can you make your author different? How can you get them in, to be seen in a genre that is so flooded with all these authors, especially after the pandemic?
1: My question is though, what do you do when it becomes mm-hmm. so messed up that you can't even figure out what the hell to put your books in? Like, let's say you're, you're one of those authors who has done uh, like a dark fantasy. Okay. well, It's not that easy to change your categories, to change your marketing, to, it's so involved. And I think, I know the biggest rise in subcategories came during COVID. And it's because everybody was writing, everybody was publishing their own stuff. Everybody was creating these categories. And some of them are good. Like there was never the small town romance category. All romances are somehow small town romance. Like, it's not like it's a they're chasing you across the world romance. Like, it's always the, but that's, that's that's fine.
0: That's a different genre. That's a different genre altogether.
1: What would that be, worldwide (laughs) romance? Oh my God, I'm looking it up.
0: Internet, I think it's considered like international romance or something like that. It's, or travel romance, travel romance. That's what it is.
1: Oh my God, it is.
0: It, it's that's what I mean. It,
1: that was a joke. Like, that was a joke. There is literally nothing you can say anymore that isn't some type of genre, and that is a problem. Yeah. But I'm, that's something we're going to have to figure out. Like, are these genres popping up because of the readers and the authors? Is it because of publishers? Because that's another one, too. You have those random house publishing genres that are random house romance, you have penguin romance and like that is its own genre. So is it just a collective mess up where everybody is trying to beat each other out with the reader just wanting what they want because we live in a world of instant gratification?
0: Well, when you have five major companies making all the decisions, I mean, it's- it's Things
1: were simple then. They yeah. were simple. You had romance, horror, thriller, sci-fi, fantasy. Like, you had your little things, and you were good. If you wanted romance, go to this one. If you wanted sci-fi, go to this one. And then...
0: The blending began. Yes. But again, where do we stop? Where do we go with this? Again, our next guest is going to be Miss Wendy Sandeckel and her cozy murder mystery called Murder at Barclay Meadows. And again, there's some there's a lot of things in it that are very important for people, relationships. Most major the major subtext of this book is the relationships and how they affect that person. And that's something that is another thing when we're looking at character development, we're looking at the rules in general when you can see this stuff it makes sense but as as a reader as someone outside of the game there's just too much that's why i think like you said that instant gratification when it comes to videos you know i i read um because i was looking at our downloads because by the way we hit past 10k we're almost 10 10 1 which is awesome um thank you. We What's appreciate nice. that. Yeah. I know it's going to be. Great. I don't
1: know why I'm taking credit for that. <laughs> Just so like you, yes. I'm... Thank you. This is thank this you. is what happens. what
0: happens. <laughs> but when we're looking at downloads for the shows
1: mm-hmm. we get
0: we get these spikes here and there. We we ranged a little over for the month. Uh, the, last month, I think we did for the past three days was like eight, 800 downloads, which is great. Uh, we range anywhere from eight to thousand or eight to 10,000 downloads every month. That's one of the great things about the show. And we thank you all for that. Um, but one of the things that they tell us is that don't look at just the downloads to figure out how many listeners you have, because that can vary constantly. Mm-hmm. And one of the things it said was, because of that instant gratification, when people on social media, they like, describes, all these things that go with it, when someone clicks on your video, then it counts. It automatically counts as somebody giving you a watch. It doesn't matter if they're on there for a few seconds or not. It still counts. But with downloads, it's completely different. Right. So when we're looking at the industry as a whole, going into these uh bookstores they're not as full as they used to be there used to be a bookstore on every corner yes now there's not i have out of indianapolis alone in the areas that i'm in okay there's two two small businesses that are independent the rest of them
1: I in the city so it's hard Right, I think the, the beauty of of small bookstores is gone. Now you have the Barnes and Noble and and the million and that stuff. Like, like you you don't have that fun. You go in, that person knows every single book that is in their bookstore. They know what every single one of them is about. I went to Barnes and Noble and asked for the the newest PC cast movie or movie movie novel, and they were like, um, is that? What genre is that? And I'm like, see, this is why I can't do this. Like, there's an elegance to the small stores that is personal and that you don't have anymore. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a to the genres. They're losing their integrity.
0: And it, and it, it comes down to their losing that personal account with the, the reader. When you have these small mom-paw bookstores, these places know everybody coming in. Because these people are keep, they keep coming back for a new one or requesting some. Hey, can you get this? Hey, can you get that? And that's something that we're missing. And it really does impact the community around you. When you can, then you start to lose that personal touch. Like, like she said, when she went in, the person didn't even know anything about it. They didn't know her taste. They didn't know, oh, we don't have it in stock, but I know everything that you love because you've been here so long. We've got something like that or we've got something a little bit different, but I know you'll love it. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: That that phrase, I know you'll love it, isn't used very often anymore. So again, when we're looking at Cozy Murder Mysteries, when we're looking at crime fiction in general, when we're looking at fantasy, whatever the subgenre is, there's too many. It's impacting the industry in, in a way that, in my opinion and in Chelsea's opinion, just needs to stop because you're basing it off of marketing tactics, which I understand completely. I got it. When it comes to getting that product out there, you need to make sure it stands out. You need to make sure it's in the right places. And with the social media, with the internet, the way that it works with digital marketing, every keyword makes sense. When it comes to your SEOs, your SERPs, your metadata, all the things that go with it. And the only reason why I know that stuff is because of the fact I need it for the show. That's literally the only reason why. But when we're dealing with this stuff, it, it does come to a point where it just, it does need to stop. There, there's way too many subgenres. That We don't need to be starting to create a completely new one anymore. And we need to get it to the point where people understand who you are and what you are more than what you've written. Because when you can do that, what you've written is easy to figure out. It's easy to work with, too. So, uh, again, this week, the next episode is going to be with Miss Wendy Sand Echol. We're going to be talking about her cozy, edgy, cozy uh, mystery called uh, Murder Murder at Barclay Meadow. And uh, you're going to love it because it was interesting when I read it and I loved it and had a, you're, you're going to enjoy it. I promise you. So until next time, folks, we love you. Thank you. And uh, keep doing you keep unleashing your creativity. Hey folks, that's a wrap for this episode of beyond the pen. We hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed creating it. If you'd like to stay connected and up to date with everything Beyond the Pen, follow us on Twitter at Beyond the Pen Pod and Instagram at Beyond the Pen Podcast. For even more content and exclusive access to our guest profiles and more, make sure to visit our website at beyondthepenpodcast.com.